welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We have come to the end of our series, Rebuild. This week, Pastor Gershom shares on how we can rebuild our legacy when we choose to follow God and live the life of an overcomer. Hi Church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. Even as we've come to the last part of this series today, I would love for us to just look back and see what all we've seen uh, from the start of this year. We saw how it's important for us to rebuild our foundations, how it's important for us to rebuild our worship, our altar especially, because we've many a times uh, replaced God with so many other things in our life, with the busyness of life. We saw what it takes to set up boundaries so that we, within that boundary wall, we'll be able to do what God's calling us to do. Last week, we saw what it takes to rebuild our homes. Even as I was speaking uh, a week earlier on rebuilding our fields, uh, I talked through the first two points and how I uh, had said that when we rebuild, we actually uh, don't claim identity to it. We thank God that it's because of him that we're able to work in any capacity that he's given us in this world. Even as I was preaching that day, I'd spoken uh, three points, but uh, in the final sermon, I only kept two points because I strongly felt that the last part of uh, the series had to conclude with this. And today's sermon is titled as Rebuilding Our Legacy. So even today, as we look into how God can rebuild our legacy, we'll see that uh, many a times we strive uh, in this world. We work hard. Uh, for those of us who are in our 20s and 30s, we are, you know, we have a focus that we need to do so much within this time span. But once we hit, um, you know, 35 and 40, we think, you know, we need to do something that's substantial, something that will last beyond the time, something that will bring meaning. And eventually today, in fact, the culture that carries on in uh, with a lot of the youngsters, in fact, being so passionate about non-profit and being so passionate about doing so much of community work is because they want to see uh, a difference. They want to be the change. Even as we strive hard, we want to see that we have a lasting effect in this world. Whatever it may be, be it your mundane work, be it in your family, be it in um, the church where you are gathering and worshipping, we all want to leave back a legacy so that we'll be remembered by. But today, uh, even as we dive into God's word, I want us to think on the lines of what is the legacy that we are living out every day? It's not what we are striving towards so that after our time, but what is it that we are actually living every day? It's important because uh, what happens is we oftentimes are so focused and so caught up on just reading God's word. We want to dive deeper. We want to, you know, be uh, hearers of God's word. And we, we do that. And that's great. But it oftentimes doesn't reflect in our actions. It takes a lot of time before it can reflect into our actions. In fact, it takes experience after experience, bad experience after bad experience, where we um, get to learn sometimes the hard way of putting this into practice. Even as we saw uh, the previous weeks, we saw that God's really wanting to change so many areas of our life. But oftentimes we fail to take the first step of allowing God to change. And so today, even as we conclude this series, I want to leave you in this place where you'll be able to make that one step. That first step is important, where we'll be able to read God's word and be able to do what he says. Even the other day, as I was driving through um, and taking my kids for their classes, I was listening to the Craig Groshen's leadership podcast and he had a special guest 
who's none other than John C. Maxwell, and he was interviewing him. And in that podcast, he uh, did it interestingly. He, in fact, took uh, some of the top quotes that people have retweeted most or liked most of John C. Maxwell. And he asked him, what was the journey behind all of these quotes? And in one of that, he went on to say, you know, today leaders, we have to steer through some of the difficult times that anyone has ever experienced. And if we do not have the right attitude, we will miss it out completely. And oftentimes, we have the right attitude when it comes to a given Sunday service, you know, but when we go back between that Monday to a Saturday, our attitude changes. But uh, even as he went on to say, he said something that's, that was very important, which I uh, kind of like, it stuck on my head and I started thinking about it a lot. He went on to say that um, all his leadership lessons he's learned from his dad and his dad passed away last year and he was 92 years old. And even as he had gone to spend the last few days with his dad, even as he was sitting next to his bed and even as he was just sharing moments of all those intimate moments he's had with his dad, he said, the amount of leadership lessons I've learned from him has been numerous. He went on to say, the lessons that I've learned first have been the words that he has spoken, but I've remembered them through my life by the actions that he has done. And he said, the best way we can be a testimony today in this world is by having the right attitude of what we say and what we do. And that's the same attitude that we need to carry in so that we can build the right legacy that God's calling us to build. I would like to take our attention to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 and an amplified version and it goes on to say, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith, in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example we might bring others to him. Even as I read this word grafting, it got me thinking, if anyone is in Christ, it says joined to him by faith. Today, how many of us can say we are joined to him? We are conditional about being joined to him. As I said earlier, we probably feel uh, joined to him only when we are amongst community believers. When we are alone, we feel like uh, we are in, uh, in it by ourselves. We don't have Jesus within us. But today, I would want to encourage you, if anyone, if all of us say that, you know, if we are Christ's followers, he has to be in us. And it goes on to say that we are reborn, we are renewed. The old, we die to our old self. And that is a continuous everyday process. The more I keep reading the Bible, the more I uh, come across the fact that I need to die to so many areas in my life. Every day, there's something that just creeps up, which is not of God. It's either in the words that I speak, it's either in my thoughts when I think about someone else or something else that I need to say, God, no, I need more of you. I need you to come in and renew me. I need you to refresh me. And that comes when we take God's word and when we start putting it into our life. And sometimes it, 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 it is hard work, but God wants us to do it here so that when we leave a legacy, that is something that our close ones will see and observe. Our kids will be able to say, you know what? 
mom and dad faced situations head on they didn't give up they went head on and they were able to do it with god's help let's bring god into the mix and so today even as we look at rebuilding our legacy are we willing to allow this god to come into our lives are we willing to make jesus the lord and savior of our lives because as it says that our previous moral and spiritual condition has to go away and he has to come in and change it and so today for this legacy to be rebuilt in our lives there are two things which i would like to highlight the first thing that we have to do is we need to follow where he leads us so today uh, in a world of social media we all are striving to get more followers we all are striving to put the best quote possible the best saying possible the best picture possible so that we can gain followers but are we putting that same effort when it comes into the scripture and in following jesus everywhere he leads us uh in my quiet time bible reading i've been uh, I, i've just finished genesis and i've come into exodus and even as i'm reading through exodus you just come to this place where the israelites have been uh freed from the clutches of slavery from pharaoh and i want to read that particular passage in exodus chapter 13 and it goes on to say when pharaoh finally let the people go god did not lead them along the main road that runs through philistine territory even though that was the shortest route to the promised land god said if the people are faced with a battle they might change their minds and return to egypt so god led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the red sea thus the israelites left egypt like an army ready for battle verse 21 the lord went ahead of them he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire this allowed them to travel by day or by night and the lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people this imagine that god is there during the day as a pillar of cloud going right on top hovering over his, over his people and he's in the night behind and in the front protecting as a pillar of fire but israel failed to obey god even when they could see as we read through they went through the miracle of the red sea they go into uh, the wilderness and god provides food god provides quail god provides water even in the desert but still all they could do is grumble all they could do is be unhappy and today we are living in a time when we don't probably see god like that physically with our own eyes we can't see him the israelites when you read through uh, the extension of the exodus and numbers you get to see that they could see god's glory he was resting on that mountain when he spoke there was fear they could see this god but yet they 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 were their hearts were not in the right place where they wanted to follow him and we see time and again after that when the temple is being built everything was glorious but still israel couldn't follow and you know obey and love god with all their heart till jesus came and jesus gave us the holy spirit and when we read in acts that's the most important thing which i would ask you today will we follow a god who we cannot see 
Will we follow him and listen to him and say, God, I will do, I will, even if it means going through some tough journeys, I will still take it up and go. And oftentimes our legacy is going to be defined by situations like this. In Acts, you'll see that when uh, Jesus had told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came and when he rested upon that 120 people in that room, things changed. People who had given up on their selves on the last three years, who had denied, who had gone back to their qualification which defined them, gave up everything to say, you know what, I'll follow this time God for who he is. The Holy Spirit in them lit a fire and he said, you know what, they all gave up everything. They they said, this is who we want to follow. So even today, I want us to come to a place where we can say, God, I want to follow you no matter what. Wherever you lead me, I will follow. There have been instances in uh, my life, especially uh, even after getting married, even after we had kids, when I had to take the decision. And sometimes I think, was it my selfish ambition that caused me to make these decisions? But later, as I've been on that journey, a year or two later, God reveals why he made me make those decisions. I still remember uh, very clearly when we had to make the decision to move from, uh, from Mumbai to Chennai. We had prayed about it. We thought this is what God's calling us to do. We came back here. And after coming here, we, we didn't see so many things happen. But God kept reminding us from his word, will you stay true to the thing that I've called you? And sometimes... Uh, it looked like we are suffering alone by ourselves. But that's where we can exercise our faith the most. Where we can, you know, build our trust in God and say, God, I claim your word. If your word says this, I believe this. So church today, are we willing to rebuild our legacy by saying, God, I will follow you wherever you go. Today, if I have to ask you, how do you exercise faith? Today, when you go, if you take your car key and you start your car, you believe and you know your car will start. Today, when you take a chair, when you sit, you know this will hold my weight and I can sit on this. There is some form of faith. When you turn the knob, you know, okay, if I turn the knob to this door, it will open. There is some form of faith that we, in our innate human uh, brain and in our human mind, know that it, this will work. When I press this button, this thing will happen. But then when it comes to God, we have so many doubts, so many layers. That's because oftentimes we cannot fix it. It's not like uh, uh, the doorknob where you can get it fixed and you can make sure it's working again. But can we come to this place and say, God, I don't know everything, but I don't know someone who knows everything. And that is you. And so I will trust myself fully to you. I will trust myself completely to you so that even as I am on this journey, wherever you lead me, I will follow. When we see in Acts, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, the journey that each and every one of them took was so different. It was, it was probably not even in their wildest dreams, but it was all part of God's plan. And so today, are we willing to follow him so that we'll be able to accomplish all that he has planned, not what we have planned? 
And so all that we've learned so far in the different uh, parts of Rebuild, we'll be, it all comes down to this. Are we willing to step out in faith and trust him? I want to read this verse from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, and in Amplified, it goes on to say, But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please him. For whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. And I want us to highlight that for those of us who earnestly and diligently seek him. So today, can we be like an Abraham? When God called him, he said, God, if you're leading me, I'll follow you. And what happened in turn when Isaac came? It repeated because what he saw in his father is what he did. And a lot of us, when you compare both their lives, you'll think, you know what? His graph was not like Abraham's like this. It, in fact, it might have plateaued like this. But it required consistency to time and again go back and do what God asks him to do. His plan was bigger. Isaac knew that he had to fulfill God's plan of becoming a nation. And when his son Jacob came, they followed the same thing of following wherever God leads them. And eventually we see an entire nation be formed. And so today, church, I would ask that even as we've started this year, will you give everything that's in your life, in fact, your very own life, Every step of the way, will you hand it over to the maker who knows everything? And in turn, would you trust him so that when you call on his name, he will be able to guide you. Seek him earnestly and diligently and let faith be exercised. The second thing is, even as we look into rebuilding our legacy, is that we are an overcomer and not a survivor. Today, we all have access to Pinterest and Pinterest-worthy quotes. You're called to thrive, not survive. We, you know, we keep reminding ourselves the best is yet to come. Yes. But oftentimes in our journey and in our walk with Jesus, when we say we are following Jesus, we forget many a times that we are conquerors. We many a times come to this place where we think we are just survivors. And you know, it got me thinking uh, more and more uh, because uh, today, the world is dictating what our emotions has to be with regard to anything and everything. If there's a content-sensitive post, there's an alert which says, you know, we don't want to trigger something in you. You know, when uh, when when uh, when someone puts out something, they say trigger alert because they feel your emotions. They don't want you to go through a spiral of thing. But if we've decided to follow Christ. If we've decided and said, Jesus, you are my Lord and Savior, he wants us to walk in the authority that he has already won the battle, that we are conquerors. So church today, even as we start this journey of rebuild in every area of our life, we started knowing that we are a conqueror. The battle has already been won, but we are yet called to fight because Jesus wants us to stand our ground. He doesn't want us to cave in. Let's go into Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39 in the Passion Translation. A lot of us know it from the NIV version, but I would love to stress it on the Passion Translation. And it goes on to say, Who could separate us from the endless love of God's anointed one? Absolutely no one. 
for nothing in the universe has a power to diminish his love towards us. Troubles, pressures and problems are unable to come between us and heaven's love. What about persecutions, deprivations, dangers and death threats? No, for they are all impotent to hinder omnipotent love. Even though it is written, all day long we face death threats for your sake, God. We are considered to be nothing more than sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, I love what it says. Yet even in the midst of all these things, we triumph over them all. For God has made us to be more than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. For now I live with the confidence there is nothing in the universe with the power to separate us from God's love. I am convinced that his love will triumph over death, life's trouble, fallen angels or dark rulers in the heavens. There is nothing in our present or future circumstances that can weaken his love. There is no power above us or beneath us, no power that could ever be found in the universe that can distance us from God's passionate love, which is lavished upon us through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed. God wants to build our fragile hearts, our fragile minds to something that's so strong. Our faith will be so strong to know that we are loved. We are passionately loved by this God. Nothing can separate. If we close our eyes here on earth, when we open our eyes, we know who we will see. That is the assurance that we live by. And so today, when I say we are not called to be survivors, but we are called to be overcomers, is the very fact that let not Satan have the final word to say, this is who you are. When you're rebuilding your legacy, let your kids, let your family members, let the people who are closest to you know that you are a conqueror. They don't need to know that you're a survivor. All of us unanimously have had tough journeys. Many of us don't realize it, but there'll be a point of time in our life where something happens or someone says something and you'll get a flashback of emotions of all that you've been through. Something that has hurt you, something that has brought you distress, something that has troubled you, probably something even that has defined you. But God wants to rebuild your legacy. He wants you to know by name that you are a conqueror. That you are an overcomer. Claim this verse over your life. Nothing in the world, nothing beneath, nothing above can separate you from God's passionate love. And one of the beautiful things that God does when we actually understand, God, I don't want to be in the survival mode. I want to switch over to becoming an overcomer and, over be and becoming a conqueror is that God defines and, you know, takes his beautiful hand and marks his territory on every hurt that we have. On everything that's pulling us down and saying, if the world says this is who we are, he takes his hand and draws a beautiful line over it to say, no child, you are mine. You are marked. I love how God put together our entire opener. Even as you um, saw it on video, you saw a beautiful um, picture being drawn. And this is uh, a Japanese art form called Kintsuki. And even as uh, as we were planning about this entire thing of how to do it, uh, we had asked one of our uh, church members, Joyce, to actually draw it. And 
uh, as we told her, you know, just think about this. This is the verse. And as she was meditating it, she got uh, this picture to draw. And she said, you know, this is the art, a Japanese art form. And simultaneously, at the same time, we were preparing our calendar. And in the calendar, we had taken out, marked out 12 verses. And we said, you know what, let's paraphrase it and let's highlight it with a gold foil. And something prophetic, I feel, has happened with both these elements. It's God telling who you are in Him. Every month when you look at it, it's God telling this is who you are meant to be. And something beautiful about this entire drawing is that um, in the Japanese culture, they take all these broken pottery, you know, different forms of it, and they bring it back together. And they and there's a beautiful meaning, when, and I just want to read that out. It goes on to say, as a philosophy, it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. And the beautiful thing about this is the worth of the entire pot changes by when they start adding the gold or the silver or the platinum to the pot. They fill every crack, every crevice that is exposed. They fill it with the more expensive material, which increases its worth altogether. And so even as we read earlier, when we follow Jesus, we are a new creation. God doesn't say, okay, Geshom, you're a broken vessel. I'll just cast you out and I'll, you know, get a new vessel. No, what he's created is perfect. What he meant to for Geshom to be in my entirety was perfection. But then when the minute I came into this world with sin coming in, cracks started revealing with brokenness, with every form of hurt and, you know, my emotional uh, quotient going up and down, my, my, the way I've been treated and everything. There were so many scars and scratches. But the minute when Jesus comes in, when I can taste his love, when I have accepted him and when he starts working, when I read his word and I do what it says, he starts filling every area with his promises. I strongly feel it's that same hand which came on the wall to warn King Nebuchadnezzar. That same hand will come here and seal every broken crack. So at the end of it, when you see, you see a beautiful image that is being used of God. Because at the end of it, when he closes everything up, we are a reflection of who God has created us to be in this earth. Yes, broken scars, brokenness, everything will glorify him. And that's why we, uh, I want us to rise to this place to say we are not a survivor, but we are a conqueror. Uh, over the monsoon, a uh, couple of the places in our house started, uh, we started having water seepage. And I was talking to the painter and he said, they, water doesn't just seep in through the visible cracks. There are so many cracks which are not seen. It could be the paint, the, uh, the paint might have an air gap. Or even the concrete sometimes has gap within it and, you know, water can seep through that. The more we dwell on God's word, we will soon identify the gaps where Satan has been a resident person, where, his, where he's marked territory. But when God comes in, he starts peeling all that off. And sometimes it's a painful uh, process. Sometimes it's, it, it requires us to be intentional. But will we allow God to come in? And if it's that gold that has to be laid over, will we allow him to lay it over our lives? Will we be 
transformed to something beautiful that would reflect and showcase God altogether. Reading from Romans chapter 8 verse 28, it goes on to say, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. Even as we read, God's designed us for a purpose that is far greater. And I want each of us in church to step into a place where we will say, God, I will take on this head-on because I am a conqueror and I am not a survivor. I don't know what your journey is today. I won't know what how difficult your journey is. And honestly, none of us can come in the place of God. You need God to come into this place. When you call on his name, he'll come in. And it comes to this place. Will you allow him to say, even as he leads you, will you say, God, I will follow you wherever you go? For those of us who have had strained relationships, where we've, we've uh, with us just walking in that, we've been a disaster in so many places. Can we ask God, God, can you come in so that I can follow you, so that I'll be able to showcase more of you in these areas of my life? For those of us who've been hurt emotionally, physically, mentally, can we ask God, God, I want to rise up. I just don't want to be a survivor. I don't want to give room to people. I don't want to give room to uh, what the world tells. I don't want to give room to my own mind. Or I don't want to give room to Satan to time and again remind me this is who I am. But may I give my complete self to tell Jesus, you have called me to be a conqueror. And I am an overcomer in your name. He has overcome everything. That's why we praise him. That's why we worship him. He's won the battle. There's no battle that's left behind for him to win. He's The deal is done. So let's stake claim in that victory. And let each of us rise up to rebuild our legacy. As I said earlier, if there's one thing that I personally want in my life, is that I want my kids to carry on whatever material position that we leave behind is secondary. But I want them to carry on this thing. That whatever came in the way, mom and dad were able to go forward knowing that they are conquerors in Jesus Christ. Knowing that that they had a God who they followed, even in the high times and even in the low times. And I want to leave that with us today, church. That will we be able to rebuild our legacy so that this thing of we being a conqueror will be front and foremost because we've decided to follow. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.